Welcome in, reanimated fans. This is uh, reanimated the podcast about all things zombie, undead, moldering, and rotting in the grave. Uh, we were away for a couple of weeks for Thanksgivings and then uh, ineptitude on my part, but we're back. I'm Stuart. Joining me on the East Coast is H.A. Conrad. How are you today, H.A.? I am splendid. Splendidly from New York area comes H.A. Conrad. And uh, I'm I'm in the drizzly uh, West Coast, which is my favorite type of West Coast. I do love it when it rains. Oh, went weather. Went weather too fast. Um, <laughs> we, we've got a lot of news. Uh, hopefully uh, we are, you know, we're a week away plus from Thanksgiving now. Hopefully everybody had a has had a pleasant harvest festival and are uh, ready to tuck into some some zombie content. Today, we are going to finish up Zom 100 Bucket List of the Dead, the anime, and we do have a little bit of news to get to before that. H.A., did you see this article about the um, MCU Marvel Zombies, the R-rated show coming to Disney Plus that is so strange? I did, I did, Um, and I saw, like, uh, the, you know, the the whole article comparing, uh, or, like, uh, Kamala Khan... Um, to like Frodo Baggins. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, like that's the quote from. I guess that's how they the the showrunners pitched it to uh, Iman. What is her last name? Iman Valani, who plays Kamala Khan. To me, the biggest takeaway from this article not only is Kamala Khan's character going to be central to the, the Marvel Zombies show coming up. Uh, Iman Vellani seems to be just like Miss Marvel in real life. Like she's mm-hmm. just she's so excited that her her character gets to interact with a bunch of other, in her words, like cool people. Mm-hmm. Even though she doesn't even get to be in the same room as them, it's just going to be she's recording audio. So are they, uh, and and her character gets to interact with cool people, and, and she's excited about that. I thought that sounded like. Have you seen the Marvels? I haven't, but uh, you know. I've seen interviews with her and all that stuff. So she's very, she is, she is incredibly uh, charismatic. So I think she's yeah. quite suited for the role. Charismatic and enthusiastic. Um, and those are two qualities that she brought to the Marvels, which was an enjoyable film. I thought it's not amazing. No Marvel film generally is, but it was, uh, it was fun. To, I, I watched it on IMAX uh, just because I had a day to kill in Nashville. Uh, right. uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. And she oh, wait, is wait, wait, so wait. adorable. We're take a little segue here. Did you have the hot chicken in Asheville? I had the hot chicken my second night there. Yeah. And it was uh it was delicious. Reaching? There was hot chicken everywhere. Like you couldn't yeah. it was you hard to, to miss. But yeah, I had a hot chicken listening to live bluegrass, drinking an old fashioned. It was pretty much the most Nashville thing I could do. That's kind of amazing. Sounds like a pretty good uh hang. But <laughs> yeah, it was good. That was at uh Jane's Hideaway in East Nashville, if anybody's in the Nashville area and wants to do all three of those things at once. Uh, they have a pretty good hot chicken sandwich. Nice. Okay. okay sorry. Back no, to no, of course. Um, uh, anyway, that that's kind of it. it it's uh, the show's coming up. I don't remember when it's uh, it's coming though. Eventually this should be here somewhere, but I don't see it. All 2024, right. I think is all we get. Uh, so that's Kamala Khan's news. Um, we have talked about as we know it, the film with Chris Parnell is like I think the only recognizable name in there. Do you? Yep. Uh, yeah, and it's about it's about a struggling writer in L.A. Um, break uh, in the middle of a breakup and going through a zombie apocalypse. 
yeah. So we will. Uh, That's now on VOD. It came released. out yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. So maybe we should take a peek and see if it's worth reviewing, right? It's yes. It should certainly be on our list. There's not a whole lot out there. Right. Um, so we, maybe we do that for next week. Um, and then you're in your wheelhouse. There's the Walking Dead role playing game. This I kickstarted uh, on Kickstarter. Um, it was developed by Free League Games uh, or Free League Publishing, and I got my copy a couple weeks ago. And uh, it is a D6 based game. So uh, six sided die, uh, a lot of storytelling, a lot of like theater of the mind, although it comes with maps of like the uh, greater Atlanta area. Uh, it comes with like different archetypes of character, like student or not student, a uh, kid, doctor, soldier, and the sort of different things that they bring to the table. I'm trying to get a, a game going with a, a group of people who I regularly play games with. And it, it's, it's as usual, it's taking a while to find that scheduling. Um, but once I've, once I've gotten it to play it, I'll, uh, I'll report back, but it's, um, so far, so good. Uh, in the game, you can interact with people from the show. Uh, if I ever game master a session of this, I'll make sure they interact with Heath. <laughs> because uh, I've always tried to figure out what the hell happened to him. Everybody uh, is. <laughs> I wonder if he enjoys all the mystery. It seems like he must. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, that one, I don't think he's been interviewed about it much. What's that dude's name again? I forget. I don't remember, but he's amazing. Um. Anyway, so yeah, The Walking Dead, the role-playing game is now out, and it's um, it's getting some mixed reviews, but so does everything, so wouldn't take too much and put too much uh, lot in that. And speaking of lots, uh, CBR report, <laughs> reports on a tweet from Stephen King about the Salem's Lot remake, which was supposed to come out in 2022, and then 2023? Or maybe it was 2021 and then 2022. Either way, this movie has not come out. It was done a long time ago. It was shot in 2021. That's right. So it was scheduled for a 2022 release. Never came out. Kind of fell away from the release radar. And now Stephen King is tweeting about it saying... It's uh, great. It's, it's muscular <laughs> and involving. <laughs> it has the feel know. of old I, Hollywood. If you recall, there was a lot of yes, it was finished, but there was a lot of like discussion about whether they were re-editing it and such things. So there were discussions of that, and now this article seems to say that, they, it, well, yeah, which I think is BS. They're like it wasn't, uh, it wasn't because of the quality of the film; it was because of the SAG after strike, which started way after this was supposed to be out in I theaters. Don't think so. I think that is a little bit of a. But SAG after has now generated all this extra demand for original streaming content on Max. Uh, so maybe sure. there is more of an audience for it. I don't know. I'm. A, how I'm do they recoup? Like, how does that help them recoup their costs? Other than just saying, like, oh, we've got great movies on Max, and maybe they'll see I a think, slight uptick in, think, in subscriptions. But I think maybe it's that. I am a little worried about what this actually is going to be like, um, based on those earlier comments. And I do feel like this is potentially a. Um, Let's just see if we can put it out there because there's nothing else out there. And so nobody's going to notice how bad it is. But, you know, we'll watch it. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I, you know, so we'll have to see what it's like. I, I don't know. So so put a pause on that. See what happens. But yeah. And it, they, they didn't give a date, though. So, again, 
We'll have to see what actually happens with it. It said soon, right? It's uh, yeah, there's no release information. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I don't really understand where CBR got this idea that they're going to go straight to streaming. Hmm. Uh, no decision has been made about the film's future distribution plans is what there is the statement they got from Warner Brothers. So they are totally making this up. Hmm. To, well, I think it's reports indicate is how, what they've said. So they're but they're not citing their source. Maybe that just means that somebody on the inside has gotten in touch with CBR and been like, by the way, coming to Max. Either way, we'll uh, we'll keep on waiting for this movie um, that I was only kind of like a five out of ten excited for to begin with. It's like teasing. It doesn't make it better. Uh, Last Train to New York, I would be more excited about. But that has literally disappeared. Nobody's even talking about it. uh, Which is strange. Okay, but uh, moving on from the uh, strange plight of zombie films, we can go into the strange plight of Akira Tendo and his friends finishing finishing off this saga. Um, And there is like a... a, Like... There is another episode apparently coming out on December 25th or 23rd or something. So just heads up about that uh really though yeah i guess so but anyway we'll we'll wrap this as as we see fit maybe we'll do an epilogue at the beginning of one of our other shows no, i'd be okay that. i'd be okay not epiloguing this okay. show <laughs> I, not, to, know, not to show my hand too early in the discussion but well, uh, we're gonna both show our hands all four of them <laughs> um so you know i this is and i and i should say i think one of these episodes we didn't were we able to actually there was one that didn't there was like an odd numbering so yeah you know so anyway um but uh, it just, for me anyway, it kind of went off the rails in a kind of weird way, I guess. You know, like this is a little bit of an anime thing, but... Um, the storytelling but is just all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I they mean, did, I think, Yeah, they needed, a, they needed an editor. And I think this is like pretty edited from the web webcomic or the manga. I think yeah. it's tighter than that, but also it, yeah. Like to me, the the story arc for Akira is he he confronts Kosugi and then he goes off and does something else fun. Um, so I guess if I have a if I have an issue with these three episodes, it's the Beatrix one. Like she's unnecessary to the plot, right? And just kind of weird, and the whole thing is a little weird and not not really up my alley, admittedly. But well, uh, so we uh, the truck stop of the dead is episode seven. That's the one we're gonna start with. Um, yep. And it's uh, a lot of uh, Shizuka is kind of like drives a lot of the dramatic plot forward, I would say, Mm -hmm. Uh, in her big speech at the end and in her thoughts bubbles that you're getting to witness of her childhood. She has been a uh, very serious character. She's that pragmatic one. This gives a little bit of her backstory, though, where, um, you know, she had a pretty abusive and and controlling uh, father and really kind of like dark (laughs) flashbacks to her, to her history um, where like he like kills her pet dog 
off screen, yeah. but even so, it's yeah. pretty upsetting. Um, and so they give you some motivation for why she acts the way she does, and they revisit this in one of these later episodes too. Um, but basically, she she gives um, Akira the the motivation or the I don't even know what to say the the pep talk, I guess. Um, to get him to stand up to his old boss. Um, because what's most disturbing is that Kosugi has managed to persuade Akira that he wants to stay and keep working for him. Right. Because after, you know, screaming at him for a few scenes uh, for being like a bad worker, he then suddenly uh, does this 180 and is like, you know why I yell at you or I'm so hard on you is because you remind me of myself and I know that you could be a great worker. And why don't you just stay with me? Don't go off with your friends. I'll keep you safe. Wouldn't you rather just not think about what you have to do all day? I'll tell you what to do. Um, and it's the first time we've seen Kosugi speak to anyone this way. So it is like kind of interesting. Uh, I'm not sure how persuasive it would be, but Akira is clearly like not in a good headspace. Right. And very vulnerable to this because he's kind of like, I mean, essentially, it's a person who's been abused going back to the abusive situation because the abuser is like, I wouldn't say showering him with gifts, but he it's giving him this other kind of like affirmation. Um, but it's definitely false affirmation because really he just needs, He, I think he realizes he needs Akira to stay for a few other reasons um in part because he gave him like a good idea about you know the beer and and motivating the rest of the group but also i think um there's certainly like a power play here too like in he wants to dominate him and show that he can dominate him and so he's he's willing to go to any means to do that not Um, sure why he needs to dominate akira when he clearly has like a whole posse of people he's dominating already but well, sure. I think I agree, but I guess that's where they're going with this. Yeah, that's um, the choice they're making. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um is not really in this storyline. He also is clothed for this entire episode, which I think is the first time. Yeah, it he's, doesn't happen again. He gets naked everywhere else, I think. He's, he's definitely naked in episode uh, eight after uh, yes, when we is. when we get to the next one. Um, so he's just kind of recovering. The RV has been fixed up after getting all of its tires uh, punctured by Kosugi's crew. Mm-hmm. This is what I, I really also dislike about this. And it's something that you see as a trope in a lot of zombie stuff. It's like, oh, we saved you. Now you owe us. It's the whole like Atlanta hospital plot line with Beth. Hey. Uh, and nobody ever calls Kosugi on this. Like, you fixed up my truck, but you you broke it in the first place. Like, through oh. you, man. Yeah, uh, that's that's clearly not something that we're focusing on not even Shizuka when she yells at him uh and and th- it's also worth noting that a couple of the uh salvage guys who are out on a run are talking about already talking about how Kosugi kind of l- lets everybody else do all the work yeah you know uh and then they managed to bring a zombie back to the camp with them which plays a significant role later on but uh, this episode goes by Fairly quickly, uh, it, uh, like by the time you get to Kosugi te- uh, and and Akira telling his friends that he's not going to go with them, it feels like it's the end of the episode already. I know. Uh, but then Shizuka is about to leave him behind, which I was like, I don't understand this. You've been showing us all these flashbacks, but you know, it's like that. 
It's, I think it's just an anime thing where she has to change her mind at the last second and make her fists and then yell at uh, at Koski, but really she's yelling at Akira. Right. And then she then she makes it all about her. <laughs> it's a it's such a strange way of writing dialogue. Yeah. Um, and Akira, Akira, well, when he sees the Koski's about to step on his bucket list is when he like throws himself in the way and then gets up and says, I'm not staying. Uh, I'm not going to pay you back. And sorry about that, but not sorry. And that's when the zombie breaks out. And and then Akira saves everybody with his plan, which is insane. Yes, <laughs> it's a pretty, uh, I don't know. A that's pretty- on brand. Pretty, it's pretty far, on brand for him, but it's on brand, and you know the other sort of captives, whatever you want, corporate cap, whatever you want to call them, are like Akira is better than him, but is a better leader. It's like okay, thanks, thanks for that revelation. Um, but yeah, but I, you know, the feeling of this episode, I agree. Like it kind of feels like this would have been the last episode, right? Because this would have well, you could do one more after this where he goes to find like if you just skip episode eight. Right. I think that, that would have been OK. Weird. That would have been that that sets up for the next season. Yeah, it's but the, the thing I think, though, about episode eight is that it's the essentially the grocery store shopping ish in a way it, yeah. like, like that. It's the sort of silly, lighthearted interlude before your stuff happens it's what this whole show has been though is silly lighthearted, like no real no real stakes uh you know the fact that akira is persuaded that he won't survive the apocalypse by kosugi is funny just because he has never really even considered not surviving the right. apocalypse before he was with kosugi like even right. in, in the in the face of all these stupid things he's done uh, was never even a consideration. The show certainly never made it feel like his life was in danger. He's just like kind of goofed his way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, another really funny sort of, not haha, but uh, silly element of episode seven, Truck Stop of the Dead, is the final moral being delivered by Shizuka in the RV as they drive away. When mm-hmm. uh, Kira's like, I don't know if I'll ever find a job that I'm gonna, that I can do or that I'll be good at or that I want to do. And her her response is cool new jobs like drone pilot influencer are being invented all the time. Yeah, just do something you like, and eventually you might be able to make money doing that. And I'm like, it's the zombie apocalypse. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I know it was kind of weird, but I thought it was supposed. I thought it was honestly like a ton in cheek. It it's like talking to the you know marginalized people who are reading the the manga, right. I guess, but. It doesn't make any sense in, in, as dialogue in this show. It, well, except for the fact that they've never really treated the apocalypse like it's a real thing. Right. It's just so silly. Uh, <laughs> and then episode eight begins. Sushi and hot springs of the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is like a new, uh, they introduce a new character, Beatrix who is a, I don't know what you would call, like somebody really into to Japanese culture, but, you know, she is. She's German. And her big thing is that uh, they find her trying to, like, deliver a, like, a last shipment of 
sushi grade fish to the best um maybe uh, the only maybe the only uh sushi chef left in Japan and suddenly like you know like many things Akira Akira like gets really just excited about this idea enthusiastic about this idea and agrees to help her and uh reluctantly I would say I mean Kencho's kind of like up for anything but uh Shizuka is um skeptical and annoyed um but they do eventually join in the fun um and they they almost get surrounded by these zombies like their plans kind of like go off the rails but uh Shizuka like has a what a drone distraction plan so it gets all the the zombies away from the truck but one of the things about the Beatrix character is that they have this sort of thing that she does where she'll start spouting off all these facts about Japan and they speed it up so it's unintelligible but basically she knows more about the history of Japan than any of the Japanese characters do and so that's one thing about her um and then ultimately they all get to find this this they get to this the sushi restaurant and have basically the last meal of sushi in Japan that's possible and I will say it made me want to go out and eat sushi um oh, so much <laughs> it really like even the way they're describing it i was like oh that looks so good <laughs> so yeah. so maybe i'll have to do that um but you know i think the the fact that it's like a rarity and the last time they're going to get to eat that that's like very much focused upon um and then you know the next the next piece of like sort of like not not thinking about survival but thinking about the pleasures in life is like the the hot springs thing um that i mean i think they should have known that there would probably be like zombies there was the the multicolored zombie blood all over it right like i don't know that seemed weird and they're so they're seeking out life's pleasures at this point in this episode and so they're trying to see beatrix naked like they are but it's not i don't know and that's that's kind of it just did not really uh, resonate with me. I found it a really kind of awkward. Because you're not a 12-year-old boy, H.A. I know, I know, but it was really awkward, and I'm like, oh, I forgot about this with anime. Anyway, um, I shouldn't have. It's just been a while. Um, And anyway, it's just like kind of a throwaway episode. The whole theme of this episode is about, like, people being naked in the hot springs and, like, yeah. You know, it, that was and so there's like the end of the episode where they find an like kind of a natural hot spring in the mountains and there's this whole um Akira um Shizuka uh Shizuka um like revelation where she shares like, you know, her her past and you know, I, I like I thought that was an okay moment and I do like I mean, I thought some of the artwork with like the night skies were really beautiful and things like that. But then they just kind of like any kind of like normalcy in that moment is ruined because Kencho and Beatrix decide they want to be in the hot springs and then it just all kind of goes to heck yeah. again. Yeah. Um, so uh, Shizuka also sort of expresses her feelings for Akira yep. here, although she immediately recants. It's, yep. it's kind of like, uh, you know, cats out of the bag. So maybe something else will happen between them down the road. Yep. But we um, will not find out because. It's episode 10 time. Also, uh, just for the record, Kensho was naked a lot in this episode. They had the weird oh, squiggle, I mean, I squiggle almost, over his butt. Uh, oh, my and, gosh. I think it was almost continuously in this one. Yeah. Uh, but they make up for it with his very loud clothing in the next episode. 
his so, loud clothing. He had some some pretty uh like outstanding uh ensembles in this one. Like he had the very the the I I guess I didn't notice before, but his nonsensible shoes for mountain hikes were were pretty pretty much uh, highlighted, especially at the beginning of the episode. So, well, this uh, is Treehouse of the Dead. Yep. Oh, sorry. Maybe it's the the middle of the episode rather, but he's like in this like kind of weird um like bright city ensemble, which I think mm-hmm. is deliberate to make him kind of stand out as a city boy in the forest. But he's just flashy. Yep. Uh, it starts with this episode starts with Akira saying some really nasty things to his dad, who's a farmer, because he's about to go off to college in Tokyo. It might be the last time they spoke. Yeah, it's a uh, flashback. And his dad is saying, I forget exactly what he said, but like, uh, you know, be careful out there in Tokyo. And Akira is just like, what do you know? You're a farmer in the countryside. And then boom. Yep. And then he's feeling bad about that for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that he feels like he hasn't done anything for his parents in the last three years. But honestly, like to be fair to himself, he also hasn't done anything for himself in the last three years. His apartment was a disaster. His life was a shambles. Uh, but yeah, he's still feeling bad. Um, and in the midst of this reverie, they rescue this older man um, uh, and who is just randomly being chased by a zombie boar through the forest. Um, and Beatrix takes down the zombie boar. A little bit Princess Mononoke feeling. Yep, very yeah. much. Um, and uh, the man, uh, Kumano, shows them uh, shows them all his project in the woods, which is a treehouse. And suddenly Akira is totally enthusiastic in a kind of like manic way that he wants to help build the tree house. Apparently this was sort of a dream of his. Yeah. And this is an odd, like again, like kind of an odd interlude, but also like kind of fun in how they're building the tree house. And, you know, I'm, you know, I think that the man is obviously like a stand in for his own dad. And also he lost his son and his wife to the zombie apocalypse. And so it's like kind of interspersed. The treehouse building scene is interspersed with his like sage advice about treehouse building and forests and somewhat of a philosophy about trees showing the way. Well, it, it also goes back to the beginning of episode eight, where Akira was like, my new goal in life is mindfulness. And then they're all doing yoga on surfboards on a river yeah. at like yeah. the cold open of episode eight or nine, rather. Aboard yoga. And now he decides that he um, wants to like focus on be aware of himself and the people around him. And through that gain awareness of the entire world. The universe. The, in the universe. <laughs> So he decides he wants to be he, like he finds mindfulness in hammering nails. And he also realizes that he really wants to go see his parents. So uh, when you build tree houses, Stuart, do you hmm. meditate? Um, I'd never meditate when I'm doing DIY because I'm usually uh, hitting my thumb or cutting myself <laughs> or putting <laughs> nailing something to the like... wrong thing and then having to redo it and cursing and sweating. That's more of my style. I was thinking that I would be very bad at this. I think yeah. I would just destroy my hands because um, I'm just terrible. My hand-eye coordination, not the best. Um, so, but 
they do build a pretty cool treehouse, including like a, a slide. Although, was the slide between two levels or down to the ground? Because I didn't think that was a very good plan. <laughs> to make a ramp it, for zombies. Yeah. Um, I think it was between two levels. Okay. Um, otherwise, it's pretty cool. And um, Shizuka and Beatrix are really psyched about some canned food they're eating. Um, it's like a delightful little interlude with lots of sparkles. So here you have your delightful shopping interlude. Like you don't need episode nine again. Oh, you don't. And this is this is probably more in line with it. I mean, it's a very like sort of fantastical little sparkly interlude. Um, Everybody's just happy. And and this is like where Nakira's realizing how at peace he is and how much he likes everybody that he's with, I think, too. Yeah. Uh, and um, then, but then they leave. They are He's like, well, I guess I gotta go see my dad or my my parents, and so gotta go. Uh, they they go over the narrow ledge. They go over a rope bridge. This is like a very remote area. Yeah, and, and what's interesting here is that Akira, who we saw especially at the beginning of the series, was very um, just. Like I know I would I wouldn't say incapable, but this is like a surprising aspect that they're revealing about him. He is absolutely not bothered at all. Like the rest of them are sort of like hugging the hu- hugging the cliff wall because it's like it's an exposed mountain path that they're trying to to get over on. They're all like upset and complaining and stressed out, and Akira is just like, yeah, this is like the way home. And um, you know, granted, it seems like. Kensho has like pieces of the path crumbling and like the little rope bridge, like a piece of the board gives way when he tries to walk across it. That's not happening to Akira. No, Um, but (laughs) it is it is very much a thing like, oh, he grew up with this. So it's so natural to him. But this is an unexpected piece of information about him that he grew up in this very remote village. And so is very comfortable with with all the ways of the, you know, hiking and because it's just natural to him. Um, And then there's also definitely a commentary on old Japan or living in the country versus the city, like the the idyllic life of country living here. Um, They all like everybody's commenting on it. It's like, oh, and they continually say this is like old Japan. Right. So that's interesting um, that this is this idyllic kind of existence um but yet all of them lived in the city so Hmm. a little bit country mouse city mouse kind of a philosophy i suppose Um, so it's an easy contrast to draw especially when coming from where they've been right uh so but they uh he has his uh reunion with his with his parents they're all in a hut where most of the people are dancing in their underpants um singing about beer and dancing yeah. Uh, yeah. And Akira gives a weird speech about how selfish he's been. And his dad hits him on the head and says, don't be don't be stupid um, and goes out to work like it's it's a it's a pretty weird vibe. Um, Akira then tries to just help his mom a lot. Uh, and they are they're put up in an empty house. Apparently, they they, they kind of get the, the speech that there were a bunch of people from the city who were trying to come. They blocked off the tunnel. But now there's still people from the city who are staying in the village. And are delighted and, to contribute to the country <laughs> village existence, like they're right. you know with the food and everything, and you know, um, it feels it feels ripe for some sort of problem. 
uh yeah with this contrast of city life country life because now you've got a bunch of city people who in the short images that they showed they weren't working they were just kind of sitting around right uh, and you know yeah. akira is really trying to show his parents that he's grateful and repay them for all they've done uh his mother rebuffs him but his father actually acts sorry asks for his help um after kind of giving him a gruff welcome and you know they have an okay interaction but his dad uh apparently has has a secret he's hiding so don't have that, much time left no nope. uh i don't he, know what that means i don't know what where that blood came from apparently he has according to the online things he has a bite that he hasn't been showing anybody so oh boy um but i don't think that that was completely obvious and then it segues into this whole narrative about basically the anti akira group uh the anti akira with his own bucket list very Shaun of the Dead. Yep, and his own uh, his own group of people, and instead of their sort of somewhat wholesome and lighthearted bucket list items, they want to like bomb everything <laughs> and like set the city on fire and do horrible things to other people. So force their um, tongues into other people's mouths. Yeah, it's pretty upsetting. Their bucket list. Um, it's like really dark and evil, and. Um, some of it involves domestic abuse, which is pretty upsetting. And right. uh, I, I'm sure that whatever episode that they reveal in December may be a continuation of this. Um, but this is kind of where it ends. Is this sort of like I don't want to say cliffhanger, but I think that it's setting up the setting the table for obviously a conflict between these two groups at some point. So, yeah, uh, it was kind of weird that the uh, Bizarro Akira had sharp teeth. Is that just is that like an anime art choice that I don't yeah, understand? Is that like instead it, of the, the goatee? Yeah, it's a little bit because I think that they're because otherwise without the sharp teeth, if you noted, he looked exactly like Akira. With different hair. So yeah, I think that that's he's basically the the anti Akira. And so that's the way I guess to denote it. Um, but the sharp teeth look pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, and his his <laughs> beef is he's also an outcast, but insofar as uh, he never joined corporate culture, and he feels like he doesn't he didn't belong in Japan pre apocalypse, but now now he's uh, out for revenge and he's found his like minded group of cronies. Uh, so it's it's pretty weird. Um, that's kind of where it ends, and uh, what a what a trip. Yep. It was um, just like three episodes too long. I feel like this could have been like a four episode uh, co cartoon arc, you know? Yeah, and I could have, I mean, I know it's anime and whatever, but I, I really could have done without a lot of the, you know, misogyny and kind of <laughs> the 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 very uh, just obvious, you know, I don't know the I guess I mean look I I get it it's it's part of this thing but I guess I wasn't really fully prepared for it um just how endemic it was throughout the the series um but in terms of like you know themes and things like that I mean I thought it looked great I thought that especially the first episode I thought was a little bit um like I thought it was setting it up for to be something slightly different than it ended up being but I think had you cut out the sushi slash hot springs episode and maybe even the second 
um, one with um, the you know where Akira is sort of being held somewhat captive by his boss. I think that it probably would have been a tighter show. Mm-hmm. Is that or would those be the two that you were thinking too? Or I would probably have cut um, all oh, that storyline about Club Showtime. What was that even about? That guy never yeah, even and they came never back. Went, and they never went back to it. And also but, the TV, epi- you know, the one yeah, where they... Flight they Attendant the- of the Dead? Unnecessary. Uh, that was unnecessary, too. Um, even Hero like- of the Dead and RV of the Dead kind of got him together with Shizuka. Uh, so those were okay. Truck Stop of the Dead was like the main story arc. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sushi and Hot Springs could be cut for sure. So I think... There were a couple of episodes that you could just cut easily. Um, but the first episode, I agree with you, was absolutely the best. Like, mm-hmm. But it's, what's ironic is like that's not the tone of the rest of the show. That's this like serious and depressing tone. Uh, but for whatever reason, that was better. <laughs> and then, even though you're happy when Akira is like all free-spirited and wild, like that's a good thing. It's, it's just, I think, Something about the way it was put across uh, didn't really work for me in the long run. Uh, but that's it. That's Zom 100 Bucket List of the Dead, the anime series. There's still a movie out there that we need to talk about and watch, H.A. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see how they approach so much of this abstract nature of this show. Do you want to look at that or did you want to do the this other new thing that just was released? I would like to get all of the Zom 100 out of out of the way. Okay, so you want to do? Yeah, let's come back and and finish the movie. No. All right, we can do that. All right, yeah. so we'll do the movie for next time. There's also a new uh, vampire movie on Netflix called Dampier, which I've been looking at. What's it um, called? Dampier. Is it D A M P Y R? Yeah. Oh, uh, like a Balkan one. Yeah, I guess. Uh, except that this looks like a pretty international cast. Hmm. And, you know, uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter must be coming around to streaming at some point, too. So we've got a few vampire things uh, that are still out there that we haven't talked about. But, yeah, I think next time let's let's talk about the movie Zom, Zom, Zom 100, Zom Buckets. All right. Well, let, let's do that. So, so uh, let's. Back, yeah, we'll do the live action one. Um, you know, I, I know this probably wasn't, this definitely wasn't our cup of tea. I think I can say that for both of us. Can I say that for both of us? Yes, you you may. All right. Uh, but, you know, we are committed to to watching all things zombie. Uh, so tell us what you thought. Did we get it all wrong? Uh, did we get it right? Let us know. Uh, you can email us at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes of the podcast online at reanimated.podbean.com. And uh, I hope you will. So give us a holler um, and we'll talk soon. So uh, for Stuart, I'm saying toodaloo. Ciao. Until next time. Thanks for listening.